Welcome to Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we try to make your board's review for microbiology a little less painful. But, I mean, we're not magicians or anything. This still sucks. Today is March 17th. I hope that everyone is staying safe and washing their hands. This is the first official day in quarantine from coronavirus, and I'm recording this from home with my family, so you'll probably hear them in the background. Because I had to travel yesterday, I wasn't able to work on the new organisms for today's podcast, so these are from an old post that I'm recording now. For the two organisms that I was supposed to cover today, I'll spread them out over the next two days. Today we'll talk about Staphylococcus agalactiae, which is mostly associated with neonatal disease, and Enterococcus species, which is most associated with enteritis and urinary tract infections. About 10 to 30% of women are asymptomatically colonized with group B streptococcus in their normal vaginal flora. This only becomes a problem if a woman becomes pregnant because the most common cause of neonatal sepsis is streptococcus agalactiae, which can be passed during vaginal birth. This is why all women are screened for GBS colonization at their prenatal visit. To prevent the transmission from mom to baby, any mother that screened positive or whose status is unknown is treated with IV penicillin when she presents during labor. The antibiotics will travel into the neonate and protect it from infection after birth. Neonates can also acquire septic arthritis caused by GBS, particularly of the wrist, which looks like a tiny bruise on their teeny adorable wrist. Streptococcus agalactiae is a gram-positive diplococcus that's catalase negative, as are all the streptococcus species. It has a polysaccharide capsule to help it resist phagocytosis. It is also camp factor positive. Camp factor is a molecule that works synergistically with homolysins in Staphylococcus aureus so that if you plate the two organisms together, they will form a larger zone of homolysis that looks like an arrow. A few characteristics that will differentiate GBS from other Streptococcus species is the fact that it's bacitracin-resistant, hippuric-positive, and pyrolidinyl-negative. Enterococcus species can cause a variety of different infections, but most are known for causing enteritis. Enterococcus faecalis is the most common organism, but Enterococcus facium causes more severe infections. Usually, this infection isn't a medical issue except for the fact that there's an increasing resistance to vancomycin, creating the scary vancomycin-resistant Enterococcus, or VRE. This resistance is attributed to at least nine different plasmids named VANC-A, VANC-B, etc. Enterococcus species are gram-positive cocci that are catalase-negative, pyrolidinyl-positive, and like to live in high-salt environments with high bile content. Now let's take all that knowledge and bring it to the boards. A neonate presents with an increased breathing rate and lethargy for four hours after an uncomplicated full-term vaginal birth. Vital signs reveal fever, tachycardia, and a very high respiratory rate. Physical examination reveals a lethargic, well-formed neonate struggling to breathe. 
The mother was up to date on all vaccinations, but did not have any prenatal care. Blood cultures were taken and revealed the presence of a gram-positive organism. Which of the following best describes the most likely causative agent? Is it A, hippouricase negative, B, gamma hemolytic, C, bacitracin sensitive, or D, camp factor positive? First, diagnose the patient. The neonate seems to be otherwise healthy, except for the sudden onset of respiratory distress, tachycardia, and fever. This suggests early onset neonatal sepsis. Early onset neonatal sepsis presents with respiratory distress, fever, lethargy, disturbed eating habits, low or high body temperature, low or high blood glucose levels, and occurs within the first 72 hours of life. The most common cause of neonatal sepsis is Streptococcus agalactiae, or GBS. The fact that this mother didn't have any prenatal care suggests that she was never screened for her carrier status. Typically, IV antibiotics are given when the status is not known. Other possible causes of neonatal sepsis in a patient who didn't receive adequate prenatal care include Escherichia coli, Staphylococcal species, Haemophilus influenzae, and Listeria monocytogenes. Choice A. Streptococcus agalactiae is positive for hippouricase, which causes the hippouric hydrolysis test to be positive. The function of this enzyme is not well understood, but it is used as a biochemical test in bacterial identification. Choice B. Streptococcus agalactiae is beta-hemolytic, Choice C, group B streptococci or bacitracin resistant, which distinguishes it from streptococcus pyogenes, which is bacitracin sensitive. Choice D, streptococcus agalactiae is camp factor positive. Camp factor is an enzyme that works synergistically to create a larger zone of hemolysis on blood auger if plated near Staphylococcus aureus. This isn't really helpful for anyone who's lived past the 60s, but it's one of those stupid old factoids that we all have to memorize. Therefore, the correct answer is D, camp factor positive. A 55-year-old male is seen on rounds in the hospital for recovery following the removal of prostate cancer in which is still utilizing an indwelling catheter. Vital signs reveal a temperature of 99.2 degrees Fahrenheit. Examination of the patient's urine collection bag reveals cloudy urine with a strong odor. Urinalysis reveals the presence of white blood cells and bacteria, but no protein, blood, or casts. A gram staining reveals the bacteria to be gram-positive cocci that are catalase-negative and resistant to vancomycin. What is the most appropriate treatment? Is the answer A, linezolid, B. Clindamycin, C. Vancomycin, or D. Nitrofurantoin. First, diagnose the patient. The patient is presenting with a fever and cloudy urine with a catheter. Therefore, suspect a complicated urinary tract infection. What makes this urinary tract infection complicated is anytime the patient has a penis or anytime the patient has a catheter. So both of those facts independently make this a complicated urinary tract infection. If the patient presented with blood in the urine or casts, you, mu 
you might suspect that the UTI has progressed into pyelonephritis, but this patient doesn't have any of those signs. The most common cause of UTI are Escherichia coli, Staphylococcus saprophyticus, Proteus mirabilis, Enterococcus species, and other gram-negative organisms. This organism is gram-positive, which narrows it down to Staphylococcus aureus, Staphylococcus saprophyticus, and Enterococcus species. All strains of Staphylococcus species are catalase positive, which means our organism is Enterococcus species. The fact that this Enterococcus species is resistant to vancomycin indicates that this strain is a vancomycin-resistant Enterococci, or VRE, which should be treated with linezolid. Choice A, linezolid, is a good treatment for VRE strains. Choice B, clindamycin, is not recommended for any enterococcal species infections. Choice C, vancomycin. Obviously, don't treat vanc-resistant strains with vanc. I, I don't know how to help you there. Choice D, nitrofurantoin, would be a good choice if this wasn't resistant to vancomycin. Therefore, the correct answer is A, linezolid. You can find our study calendar, a guide on how to study microbiology specifically for the boards, our contact email address, and references used to make this episode at thebradleylab.wordpress.com. If you found an error or would like to discuss any of this information, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. If you appreciated this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. This podcast was written and edited by me, Jillian Bradley. See you tomorrow.